This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! What's up? Lightning Round after hours to your now playoff-bound Chargers, your number seven steed, as it states right now. And Chargers get a huge win. They flex this game. There was no Derwin James, uh, obviously no Bosa, no Bryce Callahan. No Sebastian Joseph Day, no Trey Pipkins, and everybody else has already been out. And it was no problem for the Chargers to beat Tua and his hapless Dolphins today. Yeah, they played a great game all the way around. Um, Everybody stepped up when they needed them to. I thought Staley had a really good defensive game plan. Uh, Probably his best defensive game plan of the season, and one that I think was probably so effective because it was simplified a great deal because they had so many reserves on the field. And guys did their jobs to perfection. Uh, Herbert was ridiculous tonight. Probably his best game of the season. I mean, he was he took a couple hits early, got sacked a couple times, but for the most part, he was avoiding hits, climbing in the pocket, making guys miss, finding throws, uh, getting ready. He threw the ball away a couple times, which he doesn't do very often. He was on point all night long, uh, made one big throw after another, and did enough to win this game. So... Fantastic game. Really, really nice to see them pull out that win uh, when it seemed like the chips were down. I mean, you know, we've been talking to Discord all week. I did not think this was going to be a pretty game. I fully <laughs> expected Mike McDaniel to come out and, and carve up this defense with Derwin not on the field, and and they they really stepped up. So very impressive. Yeah. Um, and so we, uh, throughout the entire season, uh, we have had this uh, no talk, this kind of vice grip on – Emmanuel Acho and all his BS nonsense. nonsense. Thank you. I was going to use, uh, I was going to cuss here, but it's okay. Um, because I mean, really what we were talking about was, you know, he was always trying to get a reaction. Uh, there was no real opinion based in fact. Uh, he's like, don't look at the stats. He called him a social media quarterback. And where's he at today? <laughs> because uh, I invite him on the live stream, by the way. So when I get that ping in here, uh, he can, he can come in here and I told him we probably got as much views as he does his, his failing TV show. I didn't say failing TV show, but his struggling TV show. Um, so, you know, when you've got a guy who's going to go on for weeks on this crusade against Herbert and, <laughs> and then for Tua to come out in prime time, which I, you know, I know it kind of was close towards the end there, but Tua looked absolutely awful today. He looked terrible, and it wasn't because Tyreek Hill was on one leg. He was just bad. He, in fact, if it weren't for that one long touchdown pass today, the 60-yarder. Where Michael Davis goal, fell down. Where he fell down. He would have had 85 yards passing tonight. Where is his ass? Bring him in here because I mean, he they, is they wind up scoring so bad. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, they wind up scoring 14 points on two complete fluke plays with Davis falling down and that ridiculous yeah. fumble. That was their entire uh, offense and a garbage time field goal. Yeah, they were. I mean, they were two fluke plays away from basically getting shut out in that game. Mm-hmm. And they had Tua scouted perfectly. I mean, there are games where it looks like this this defense is not prepared and they don't know what to expect from opposing offenses. Mm-hmm. They knew exactly what to expect from Tua. They knew he wasn't going to throw the ball outside the hashes. They knew he wasn't. Um, he was going to try to force the ball in the middle of the field and they really did a great job of pressuring him up the middle, making him uncomfortable, making him pull the ball down. He couldn't get the ball down early. And by about halfway through the second quarter, he seemed desperate and he's just throwing the ball deep on every play. There's no effort to just make the offense work and work your way down the field. They're trying the to receivers make up. didn't even know the ball was coming. There were yeah, two times I mean, they didn't even know there. He just threw it up in the air. They're trying to make they're He's trying to make up a double digit deficit with one throw. Yeah, uh, just completely desperate, and he's off. I mean, footwork is bad. Throwing mechanics are bad. A couple of those deep balls were all arm. He didn't have his legs under him at all. No, um, just basically chuck and duck for most of the game. And they got in his face, and they rattled him, and they made him uncomfortable. And he could not find an answer for it. They never found an answer for it. You kept waiting for the adjustment from Mike McDaniel, 
their defense made some adjustments in the second half and played pretty well, but their offense really never made an adjustment. They never got away from, well, we'll just beat them downfield with our speed. Yeah. Uh, they never ran the ball when they did, they were effective, but they yeah. really never stuck Big with time. it. Mm-hmm. They'd run it for a first down and then throw the ball three times yeah. and, and be done. Um, <clears throat> so they, they really, uh, their game plan was not very good. They did not handle this chargers defense very well at all. Uh, kudos to the chargers defense. They stepped up big time. They stopped the run early in the game. They struggled with it a little bit in the third quarter, but it never really hurt them too badly. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. played really well. Michael Davis was all over mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill all yep. day long. Leading up to his Tyreek Hill's touchdown catch where Davis fell down, mm-hmm. I think Hill's only catch came um, versus zone coverage on third down in the middle of the field where Mike wasn't manned up on him. But yeah. when Mike was on him, he clamped him down. Waddle had one catch the whole game at the end of the game, mm-hmm. basically in garbage time. Uh, they shut those guys down. And that is not something I expected coming into this game at all. No, no. And um, yeah, you didn't think that they were going to be as defensively prepared as they were. But And and to be honest, uh, this is against a lot of, and credit to guys like Jasir Taylor, and I know uh, Aloha Gilman's catching some strays on Twitter because he was celebrating when the fumble wasn't recovered yet. But uh, he did enough today. Nasir Adderley did enough today. Zant was absolutely unbelievable today. Uh, a big PBU on that Mike Gusecki uh, third down pass. He had a couple of them. One they called a pass interference on. That was kind of ticky tech. But he was he was great today. Uh, Jasir Taylor was not an issue. I, I loved uh, some of his plays today. He was really good in the run game. But I mean, when you look at how bad this uh, how Tua was today, and when you're go, and I don't mean to keep going back to. Acho here, but if we're compare and we've said multiple times, two is a good quarterback. Herbert's a good quarterback, and they both can be true at the same time. They both can be good, and we don't have to nitpick one each or other. The other. Yeah, we don't have to pin each other against each other. But because one guy did today and has all season long, do you take the guy who has the record for the most passing yards in his first three seasons ever? Or do you take a guy who had a 20% completion percentage in the first half, which is worse than the NFL uh, all season long and could only come up with three first downs. He only had eight outside of that one bomb. He had 85 yards passing today. And a chunk of that came in garbage time when they needed that field goal, when Chargers were relenting yards. I mean, if you're going tit for tat here, I mean, I, I don't know in what world you take two after watching this game because that defense, by the way, the Chargers had was not their primo defense. They didn't have Bosa and everybody else in between. They didn't have both their captains, Bosa, Derwin. They didn't have Bryce Callahan, who's been the best slot corner in the NFL. Uh, d- the Dolphins had everybody they needed on the defense today. I know their uh, safety went out today, but man, and by the way, Christian Wilkins was like a one man wrecking crew in that first half, man. Yeah, it kind of felt like they just said, well, we can't block him, so just let him go. (laughs) It was bad. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think um, the good thing about the way this game played out really is you you got to see Tua and Herbert play back-to-back. You know, they'd get the ball back-to-back, and you could see how they handled certain situations. And the way Justin handled himself under pressure with people in his face all night long, uh, making guys miss, climbing the pocket, sliding in the pocket, um, you know, off schedule throws, throwing on the run, that bomb he threw to Mike, rolling right and throwing it back from the opposite, <laughs> the opposite hash to the opposite sideline side was Not ridiculous. I mean, I mean, it was a 51 yard pass, but he probably threw the ball 80 yards in the air across the field. So, <laughs> Not I mean, that, human. and dropped a dime too, by the way, right over the defender's hands, right mm-hmm. into Mike's outstretched hands. I mean, just yeah. a perfect throw. You can't place it any better than that. Um, <clears throat> Getting watching the two of them play side by side, in my opinion, was illuminating. Because I'll be the first to admit, you know, I I expected the worst from this game with all the guys on defense that were not healthy, uh, and the way the defense was struggling with those guys on the field. Uh, I I fully expected the, the Dolphins to put up forty points tonight. Mm-hmm. I I did not think the Chargers were going to be able to hang with them. I thought it was going to be a track meet, and you'd probably get a few explosive plays out of the Chargers, but for the most part, I thought it was going to be the Dolphins running up and down the field, scoring on bombs and and killing the Chargers with their speed, and that never came to fruition. You didn't see Tua with the the timing and the accuracy that people have been raving about. The anticipation, you know, it seemed like a lot of his throws were late. He was behind guys, very inaccurate, bouncing balls in the dirt, um, 
overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. He was he was really off. They had him really off his game. So mm-hmm. great, pleasant surprise because I I thought the Chargers were, were going to struggle. I figured this was going to be at best it would be a track meet that the Chargers got beat because they didn't have enough speed to hang. But to be able to shut down that offense and control the clock for what forty minutes and go up and down the field when they needed to mm-hmm. to score points, they were great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we we all kind of thought with Derwin out, with Sebastian Joseph Day out, Bryce Callahan, all these injuries and everything in between, that just getting Mike Williams back was not going to be enough. Not with this offense, not the way McDaniel's been coaching up his guys. But yeah, I, I, quite honestly, Staley deserves so much credit for this win. In uh, past weeks where we've dogged him, uh, talked about getting rid of him in the offseason and everything in between, today was a good day for Staley. And, you know, a lot on the broadcast, they were saying it. On Twitter, I saw it. Somebody said it in the chat earlier about how Tua looked off. Tua was not off. Staley had him absolutely locked in a phone booth today. That was all. Staley and his defensive preparation today. That was not because Tua just wasn't feeling it. He was had nothing open downfield a lot of times. They dropped back in a lot of zones. They were getting pressure early on. When they weren't getting pressure, he was feeling pressure. I mean, even that bomb to Tyreek, if Michael Davis doesn't fall down, he might have picked that ball. He was stride for stride with Tyreek the entire time. So uh, it's a hell of an effort from this defense, especially these DBs who were awesome today, but that's that's all on Staley. And quite honestly, I mean, special teams did their thing today, made all their uh, kicks today, uh, no issues on any coverage teams. Uh, thank God Nick Neiman can recover a fumble because that, that ball bouncing off Joshua Palmer's hands was scary for a few seconds when it was on the ground. And, um, and offensively, they did enough. I mean, you know, again, they couldn't score in the third quarter. They came out at halftime and, uh, you know, they had two – bad drives one in which they were gifted a 15 yard penalty, which was not roughing the passer penalty um, on Jalen Phillips, but they got the gift. They couldn't turn it in anything. Um, I think that's the same quarter where Corey Lindsay's got his bat uh, illegal snap and uh, they can't score seven, but you know, I, they, they didn't come out right in the, in the third quarter, but they shut the door in the fourth quarter. Uh, they could have, you know, obviously scored a touchdown and really made it nice, but they were able to go down, score when they needed to, extended it to uh, two scores, and they won the game. So all three phases, uh, good for the Chargers, but Staley, man, just uh, deserves a, a lot of the credit here. Herbert was superhuman today, but Staley defensively was just out of this world. Yeah, it was – I think you make a good point. It was more than Tua just being off. It was the game plan and the execution of that game plan that made him off. They made him really uncomfortable. They forced him to throw the ball in the tight windows. They didn't let him make those throws over the middle of the field. Um, they forced him to read the field and be a quarterback and not just cut the ball loose on slants all day long, uh, which is, I think, what they what that offense really thrives on. So uh, big, big credit for Staley. We've been really critical of him, I think – largely deservedly so um but today he deserves a ton of credit because they came up with a brilliant game plan and they executed it almost to perfection i i would really have liked they should have won that game i think by two to three scores to be yeah, honest with you easy, easy with the way they played they dominated the whole game they controlled the flow of the game the defense got off the field consistently um i really feel like that should have been like a 17 to 20 point win if not more um they've got to fix the the red zone issues. Uh, you know, we saw some creative play play calling from Joe Lombardi today. He called the deep shot at the right time to Mike. That wildcat play with Eckler and Kelly was beautiful. Um, a couple of play action passes on first down that worked really well. But then for for the five or six creative plays that he called, we still had the sticks. We still had, you know, throwing the ball behind the sticks in the red zone on third and fourth down. Uh, throwing the ball horizontally on fourth down in the in the red zone, not throwing the ball past the goal line on fourth down in the red zone. Um, I think I think he hurt them. He helped with some of the play calling, but I think he probably hurt them more than he helped them just by putting Justin in some really bad spots um, mm-hmm. and basically asking him to work miracles. And to Justin's credit, he did more often yeah, than not. But there sure were, did. <clears throat> There's still a lot of a lot of questions about the play calling in certain situations um, that that need to be addressed. Yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, Herbert had his career high in completions today. He was he was on it today. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, so Lombardi's still an issue. Uh, Wildcat was cute. Uh, there was a, a couple good creative plays like Jamie's talking about, but I think the point is is that there's still too much flat end here in this offense. I the the fourth down horizontal play I was okay with. I actually kind of liked the play call. I thought, you know, it, DeAndre Carter tripped, and I think if he stands up, that's probably a touchdown. But he had one on one. You have your fastest player on the field, basically running one-on-one with a CB you're going horizontally uh you know he's got a motion so he's got a head start on the CB he's got a good three to four good steps on the corner before the ball's thrown to him I you know I'm okay with that play but Carter trips and falls I get why obviously it's better to throw into the end zone on fourth and goal but um that um that I, I could go either way on but there were a lot of plays today that were in front of the sticks. The one that really sticks out to me that just felt egregious was the third down screen pass to Keenan Allen when mm -hmm. it was third and two. That was atrocious. Third and two, you're starting to drive the ball. You need to get a first down. It's the third quarter. You got to start scoring points. And all of a sudden, you know, they've got this play where they've got two blockers out in front of Keenan. They throw it behind the line of scrimmage and they want Keenan Allen to make a play there I, that's that's just a bad play call you got to get past the sticks this whole throwing behind the line of scrimmage shit is not working i mean you you get eckler to make up for it he makes some men, guys miss everett did it a couple times uh keenan has mike has but really you there's now better defense isn't gonna allow that and it's just it, it works some of it worked today but that that stuff's got to stop and lombardi's still an issue yeah better, it's a big it's, it's a big issue because the fact that he's still calling this crap just says that he doesn't understand his personnel yeah uh, that's the biggest issue to me because if you're asking Keenan Allen to catch the ball running horizontally, stop, make a cut, and get upfield, um, I mean, you're just asking him to do things that he's not skilled at doing. Um, they ran a similar play for Mike on, I think it was first and 15 or second and 15 after the, um, it was first and 15. It was right after the, the, the delay of game call to start the third quarter. They ran like a little screen bootleg screen dump off to Mike where he got three yards on first and 15 and you're just asking him to create yardage in a way that he's not physically capable of doing. Can you delete that? Yep. I got it. Don't worry about it. Um, so I, I, you know, you'd like to see a guy who's been here for a year and a half, almost two years, have a better handle on his personnel and be putting guys in a better position to succeed. Uh, certainly you'd like to see them if they're going to throw the ball on third and short, fourth and short, throw the ball past the sticks more often than not, uh, maybe get away from stick in general. Um, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe he's confused. Maybe when we say sticks on third down, maybe, maybe he's confused about what we're talking about. We're talking about getting the ball past the marker, not running <laughs> yeah. stick on every mm -hmm. third down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he should have a much better handle on his personnel. He should be better at putting them in position in a position to succeed. And he just mm -hmm. isn't and doesn't. So it's very frustrating. Um, and in terms of that, that play to, to Carter, I get what you're saying about him tripping. I think my, I had an issue with basically every play he called after they got a first and goal down inside the 10 yard line. Um, I think if I recall correctly, they ran it once and they threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage three times. So the the whole the whole series of play calls there I had a problem with and because he threw the ball behind the sticks twice leading up to fourth down I didn't particularly like throwing it behind the sticks on fourth down I would have liked to see them throw the ball you know toward in the direction of the end zone instead of in the direction of the sideline but that's just me and yeah I people keep bringing it up in the chat but I, and I wanted to ask you did you think about the color of your your sweater before you put it on for the show Dolphins colors? <laughs> uh, no, no, I did not. I'm wearing it all day. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, it just felt like uh, the Chargers were the better team today, which uh, we haven't said. I, I don't know if we've said that all season. Better coached, better team. Yeah. They were more prepared. Yeah. And McDaniels looked great this year, too. As an offensive mind, he's looked absolutely unbelievable, but Staley took his lunch money today. Chargers looked way better. And um, Austin Eckler was amazing again today. Uh, that The fourth down run before, uh, right before halftime where he ran with power on that fourth and one. Shout out to Xander Horvath who had the uh, lead block there to give him some daylight, but 
Austin Eckler again, amazing. And uh, it was a huge touchdown to go into halftime. They really, really needed that one. And Austin got it. Yep, absolutely. You know, I'd like to see more of, of Austin, Austin Eckler and, and Joshua Kelly on the field together. Maybe some more of those uh, wildcat designs. Um, just find a way to get those guys on the field together with some creative running plays. Because I think, you know, we saw you can create some havoc with those guys. Mm-hmm. People are expecting um, Eckler to hand the ball off. You can you can give it to Kelly. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do there to to create some some opportunities for your offense and um, their running game in general is pretty stagnant. So I, I like seeing that creativity. I'd like to see more of it. I thought that was a nice play call, mm-hmm. man. And now everybody's clowning on the sweatshirt. So in the light, it looks kind of dolphins colorish, but I think if you look up close, it's dark, like forest green, the light's just giving it a blue tint to it. So it's not so much dolphin colors, but I get it. And maybe it helped them win today. So Maybe everybody should back off. Everybody uh, very disappointed in Gerald Everett, who had who had a bad drop today, and uh, hands still an issue. Speaking of tight ends, by the way, Trey McKitty and I, we've been really positive, particularly bad today. Especially He's garbage. Blocking. He has been bad, and his man, his blocking today is awful. It was it was really bad, particularly that's, bad. Today. That's the one thing he's supposed to be good at is blocking. And he can't even do that. I mean, he was he was getting whipped by Jalen Phillips, which, you know, if the game plan calls for Trey McKit Trey McKitty to block Jalen Phillips consistently, it's a game plan issue and not a Trey McKitty issue. But still, I mean, there were plays where he just didn't even try to block him. He just ignored him. He was getting beat inside, he was getting beat outside. It was pretty ugly. They needed to give him some help. Uh, and they they really didn't they put him in a bad spot. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Who else Who else can we shout out? Morgan Fox was very good today. Uh, big sack. Uh, knocked him out of field goal range. He was really good today, too. There was a lot of guys on the line uh, that were particularly good. They were getting after the Tua today, which they haven't been able to do for a couple weeks now. Even when Joey Bosa's been out, the pass rush has been non-existent. But um, we saw Mack in the backfield a lot. Uh, Fox in the backfield. Uh, they Noy showed good. up a couple Van times. Yep. Tranquil was blitzing quite a bit. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Noy had a drive where he got a tackle for a loss and a sack on the same drive. His first I, think of he, the year. I think he mass- matched his season totals. Mm. He was very good. He was good. Very yeah. Good they were the, the defense as a whole was really good. I mean, there really it was a group effort. Yeah. Outside of Murray dropping that interception that he should have caught. I think on the the Dolphins' second or third drive of the game, uh-huh. uh, everybody was great. I mean, there were no glaring missed tackles, really. Um, no blown assignments, really, that I can think of outside of that one missed deep ball to, to Tyreek, where it looked like um, Adderley lost track of him and got beat, and Tyreek didn't see the ball. Um, there weren't really any blown blown coverages on the back end Uh, Mm -hmm. both Gilman and Adderley I think played pretty well yeah on the back end held things down um they were they played together as a team it wasn't the typical like you know one group plays well and two groups drop the ball the the defense really played well as a group they they played as a team for the first time all season and you didn't really see any finger pointing guys weren't getting frustrated guys were just doing their job yeah yeah this was a very Overall, Chargers win offensive, defensively. They were just absolutely the better team on all phases today. And uh, again, huge credit to Brandon Staley. What he did with this defense, with the guys he had, guys who hadn't played all year getting in there, like Jasir Taylor, who was excellent today. I was really excited to see Jasir Taylor. It's bu- it was a bummer to see Bryce Callahan go down, but we've been uh, the stuff we saw in the preseason and in training camp, and then you know some of the stuff we saw on special teams this year. Jasir Taylor deserves some extra snaps, and he got it this week, and he was excellent. I was I was really glad to see him uh, get in there. Had a, two really good run stops today, and yeah, uh, he, he was excellent. He seems uh, like a very heady player. Like he just mm-hmm. understands what's going on. And he picks things up quickly, reads his keys well, and gets to his spot. Yep. when he's supposed to be there. Yeah, uh, there's no yeah. delay in him doing his job. He he understands exactly where he's supposed to be, and he seems like he's there almost every time. It's it's good to see from a young player who really isn't on the field that much outside of special teams to be able to step in and play at that level. Yeah. Um, 
after, you know, watching the first 12 games of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what they were saying at a college at a wake forest, how he was one of the captain of the defense there. And that's kind of why they took a flyer on him late. He didn't really have the intangibles, but he he had the speed and he was uh pretty sound and it looked like he had all that today. So he was very good. Gilman was good. I mean, we've, we've mentioned, I think everybody on defense was good. Kenneth Murray should have had that interception. Yes, but he, there weren't any big mistakes by Murray. Um, you know, they, they gave up a couple big runs, but they were able to tighten down for the most part and everything was all good defensively. Yeah. I mean, they, like I said, they gave up a couple big runs um, in the third quarter for the most part, but none of them really hurt them. They were able to buckle down and get stops even after those third down runs. So um, defense was great. I think the defense as a group, as a whole group deserves a ton of credit for playing the way they did with some of the stars off the field. Um, they held it down. Anytime yeah. you hold <laughs> Luke agrees. Yep. Um, anytime you hold a team with that kind of speed, that's been playing as well as they have and scoring the way they have um, to <laughs> 10 offensive points, really. I'm not going to yeah. count that fumble. That was garbage. Oh, um, awful. anytime you hold them to 10 offensive points, you had a good week in the NFL. Yep. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. And again, without that one big play to, to Tyreek Hill, two has got under a hundred yards passing this game. And that that whole fumble recovery touchdown was unlike anything I've ever seen. It looked like defensively or off the offensive lineman like batted it out of uh, one of the Chargers' hands, and it like bounced back to Tyreek. That one was uh, terrible. And you know there was just two big fluke plays, and that was their entire offense. They got a garbage time field goal late, but Chargers were relenting yards, and that was it was all over. Do you, now I, maybe I'm crossing streams here jamie but um in the discord there was a lot of talk about a and i didn't i didn't catch it what what happened what happened with a today if anybody's not part of the discord you should definitely join it's it's our favorite place during the charger games um <laughs> it's our favorite place all the time yeah, yeah. keeps us from guys like emmanuel ocho and some of the stupidity <laughs> that goes on yep. on twitter mm -hmm. um it wasn't so much what happened with him today as okay. it was what happened with him during the course of the week because he, as you know, he joined the Discord this week, yep. mm -hmm. and there was catch me up. Well, I mean, he joined he joined the Discord, and he was he basically came in and was making promises about how the Chargers are going to win. The Chargers are going to make the playoffs. They're going to Staley's going to have a plan for the Dolphins. They're going to execute it. They're going to be hungry. They're going to win, and um. There was a lot of disagreement with those mm -hmm. sentiments based on what we've been seeing. And, and he was right. Oh, good he was right. Him. Okay. He was right. And everybody was calling him out and giving him his props for being right. And <laughs> okay. He, mo we spent most of the week, he spent most of the week being told, you know, he was wrong and that he should stop. And yeah. uh, everybody that told him he was wrong gave him a shout out in Discord. And now we're doing it on the show. He was right. Would you he called ever a shot. See anything like this? <laughs> From Nick, in all caps, by the way. <laughs> okay, Athir is welcome here on the on the live show anytime. He made Nick admit he was wrong. We've never seen this before ever. Uh, yeah. It's we've made history here. On Thanks the for filling podcast. in. That's good. Yeah. So anybody that didn't know, that's that's the backstory. Athir is a guy who is part of this chat all the time. Uh, part of the Discord was one of the few guys who was very confident in Staley and he got it right. Good for him. Good for him. And uh, good on Staley. He was right about that. Staley uh, absolutely had a plan. Um, but speaking of discord, um, one of the, so uh, we've got the lightning round discord. We, uh, we drop any info that we get, any like scoops that we get and we, uh, we put it in discord and then uh, we'll give it to you guys later. But um, one of the things we uh, got this week was that, uh, the sentiment right now, before this game, who knows, it's probably going to change from week to week, maybe even at the end of the season. Um, as of a couple days ago, the plan was that um, Brandon, Staley, Brandon Staley was most likely going to keep his job. They were going to keep him as the coach for 2023, and uh, the plan was to give him a new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Um, Ronaldo Hill uh, is just kind of a fall guy at this point. 
Uh, he's not really the defensive coordinator. He is a name only, basically. But they, they're hoping they can maybe get a veteran defensive coordinator in there to help Staley out and improve the defense. Joe Lombardi is essentially playing for his – or coaching for his job right now. If he's good enough, they'll, they'll think about keeping him. But um, they said straight out that they are very disappointed in the offense so far, and they don't take any of these excuses – about injuries or anything in between, you know, whether it was Herbert being injured or Keenan or Mike, they all that's out the window. Defensively, it doesn't matter. Lombardi has to, from here on out, show that he deserves a job. And um, today he did enough to get a win. I don't know if that helps his chances, but as of a couple of days ago, that's where the Chargers stand with their coaches. They're confident Brandon Staley. Um, they hired him because he, they know he was young, but they think he's a smart guy and a very good football coach. And he got to hire his guys. He hired Lombardi, he hired Hill, but they think the next go round that if they don't make the playoffs or we'll see what happens if they do make the playoffs that going into 2023, they would hire a new offensive coordinator and most likely a new defensive coordinator too. Yeah. I think this game is really a testament to why he needs to be fired. Because Lombardi. while they did win, why Lombardi needs to be fired, it, it doesn't matter if they fire Hill. Hill is a half measure. It's like it's they're firing him for the sake of firing somebody because he's not the one calling the plays. It's not his defense. Mm -hmm. I, I do think we talked about this in the Discord a little bit this week. I do think with Hill, he's a guy who's played in this system. He's coaching this system. He should be able to teach the system and articulate it in a way that players understand because he's experienced it on both sides. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening. I don't know how much teaching he's doing versus versus Staley. Um, but I, I don't think firing Hill really changes anything unless, like you said, they bring in a defensive play caller and they let him call the plays. If, if Even if they bring in a defensive, def uh, a veteran defensive coordinator, it doesn't really change much unless Staley is willing to give up calling the plays. It can be his game plan, mm -hmm. but I think he's got too much on his plate right now. Game planning, managing the game and calling defensive plays. Mm -hmm. And I think they need to take that away from him. Um, yeah. Is he willing to do that? I don't know. Hopefully they don't give him a choice, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think he'll change anything. Mm -hmm. But if you look at today's game and you, and you're evaluating Joe Lombardi as as an offensive coordinator, I haven't seen the numbers, but even with that bomb to Mike, and he threw a couple of deep balls to Mike, did Lump, did uh, Herbert? I mm -hmm. think I'd be surprised if his air, if his a dot, if his air yards per throw were more than like four or five yards today because of all the throws he made behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And you're you're watching Herbert take straight dropbacks, not not enough bootleg having to dodge guys in the pocket, be a wizard in the pocket, make guys miss just to throw the ball away in some cases. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then when he is getting the ball off, like there was one throw that he made to Keenan on a, on a quick out on the sideline. Where he pinned on, it on his shoulder pad? On a third down <laughs> where he pinned it on his shoulder pad that he probably had no business throwing. No, uh -uh. Uh, and it had no business being caught or even getting by the defender. <laughs> yeah. But he made it work because mm -hmm. he's got a ridiculous arm and he's yep. a freaking witch with yep. the way he mm -hmm. plays in the pocket. Um, but there were several examples of that where he's consistently overcoming everything Lombardi is doing to hinder him to move the ball on third down. To make to get them into the red zone to make a play with his legs, he will. Justin willed them to a win. Yep. He threw the ball fifty-five times tonight. Fifty-five times. Yeah, he threw the ball twenty-nine times in the first half alone, and he. I think he had like one hundred and fifty or one hundred and sixty yards passing at halftime, having thrown the ball twenty-nine times because they're throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage so much, because they're dumping the ball off so much. Um, he was 39 of 51 today, 39 of 51. I thought he threw it 55 times. I, I was convinced he was going to throw it 65 times with the way they were going. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I just think if you're looking at what he's doing to, to Justin and how perfect he has to be on every play, both in terms of making guys miss in the pocket and in terms of the throws he's making in the ball placement, you're just asking too much of Justin and he's great and he's going to be a great player. I think for the rest of his career, there's still some areas where he can improve, but you're asking him to do more than he should have to. 
And I think you need to get rid of Lombardi because he is the reason that they're putting Justin in those, in those situations. And they're not using any of their talent correctly at all. So I think that's why they need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the right move. I mean, we've talked about making that move earlier, but I mean, going into next season, I, I understand the plan. Uh, I, I got to see how he finishes out the rest of the year before I make any decisions. But as of right now, that's kind of the internal talkings is that Lombardi just isn't good enough. And I think that is a absolute uh, thought that everybody everywhere thinks you hear, you see it on social media out just outside of charger circles. It's just like what Lombardi is holding Herbert back, you know, free, let Herbert cook free, you know, get him out of jail. Cause really, I mean, Lombardi is, is, Hamping, hampering uh, Justin Herbert more than he's helping him. And while there were some creative plays today, and uh, we gave him his props for that earlier, uh, there was just way too many throws uh, behind the line of scrimmage again. Um, way, way too many screen designs. It worked early on, which was great to kind of negate the pass rush that was just in Herbert's face and kind of give uh, Christian Wilkinson uh, not enough time to get in his face again for another play. Um, you, uh, it just... You know, as the game went on, they were adjusting to that and it wasn't working as much as it was in the first half because they were kind of settling down more and looking for it more. So, yeah, I mean, uh, getting rid of Lombardi is is the way to go. Uh, he is not uh, helping out uh, this team at all, really, at this point. And, um, I'm, you know, when, when I uh, read all that stuff, it was it was interesting to hear because, you know, you weren't quite sure if they were even going to, make any moves at all because it's not like a uh, Spanos type move, but you know, right now they seem uh, pretty confident in Brandon Staley, which I guess uh, is something to look for going into the off season. Yeah. I, I kind of figured, I mean, Lombardi is like the easiest guy in the world to fire in terms of your staff, uh, him and Hill. It's easy to scapegoat Lombardi, even with the injuries, it's even easier to scapegoat um, Hill with or without the injuries because he doesn't do anything. Um, but you, they have the offensive talent to be moving the ball and scoring points. They have to work way too hard just to get first downs, let alone to score touchdowns. Every scoring drive they have, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown is 12 to 15 plays. It seems like they, you can't survive in at this level without speed, without the ability to make guys miss and turn five yard completions into 15 yard passes and you can't survive moving the ball three or four yards at a time. You just can't. Eventually, your luck runs out. Eventually, you make a mistake. You don't get the perfect play from your quarterback. It's um, it's just not sustainable. And, you know, we heard all offseason, they had a top five offense. They had a top five offense. They don't need another wide receiver. They don't need more weapons. They don't need to get rid of Lombardi. Well, guess what? They do. It's not sustainable. You can't do this long term. Um, you can't put him in these positions forever. You're going to get him killed. You're going to destroy him. You need to free him up a little bit. You need to open the offense up. And obviously Lombardi is not willing to do that on an extended basis. He's, it's just not in him. So you got to get rid of him. And I think mm -hmm. they're getting desperate. They want to compete in LA. They see the Rams, you know, turning downhill. They're three and nine, three and 10 this season, whatever the number is. Mm. Um, and, their stars are either hurt or thinking about retiring. They have a window here to capture the hearts and minds of LA if they do things the right way. And they're not doing things the right way right now. And they're not going to fire Staley. But if they bring in a, an exciting young offensive mind and they open up the offense and they get Herbert moving around, they, you know, they're using some of the RPO plays, they're getting guys out in space, they're going to get more eyes on their product. And that's what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I mean, we found out beforehand, but just uh, just I I don't know if you saw it, Jamie, but Bose is going to be back at practice this week. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good news. Yep. Uh, and I didn't I didn't see this. I I got confirmation on Bosa, but I didn't see this about Slater that he has a chance of coming back towards the end of the season. So I I'm surprised. I'm surprised. There's a lot of guys. I didn't I didn't think they were going to rush Slater back, but I think they're going to try to do it. Um, there's a couple questions I want to get to uh, first here. Um, if Slater returns, 
Would you move Salier to left guard, right tackle, or keep him as a backup? I'm putting him a right tackle. You know, um, I thought all season that I'd put him at right tackle, but I think we're seeing some deficiencies in space with athleticism on his part, and he might be better off uh, playing between a couple of pro bowlers. So you might be better off playing him at left guard. And I don't think, I don't think you're going to have um, Byler back next year. I don't think you can bring him back at his, at his cost with the way he's been playing. So I'd be fine with him at right tackle, but I have a feeling it's going to be left guard out of necessity. And I think they're probably still going to extend Pipkins. So hold on, hold on. You're, you're going into 2023 chargers get uh, the seventh seed. They head in and Slater can play the first wild card game. Would you and Trey Pipkins is healthy? Oh, for the playoffs. I was thinking next year. Nope. Sorry, I was thinking no, I read the question. Yeah, wrong. yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the playoffs. Playoffs if yep. I put him at right tackle. If Pipkins can't play, I would put him at right tackle. Like if, if he's not healthy and he can't if he's not physically <laughs> if he's not physically capable of playing, I would put him at right tackle. I think the concern that I have is He's been playing. Salier's been playing the left side all season, and now you're going to move him to the opposite side and have him play the opposite tackle spot in the playoffs. I think that's asking a lot. Mm-hmm. So if if Pipkins is able to play, I would have Pipkins at right tackle, even though I don't think he's great. I th- he's at least comfortable there. He's been playing there all year. If Pipkins is not able to play, or if there's any question about his health at all, then I would have Salier at right tackle. I would, yeah. If Pipkin, let's see. So if Pipkins is he- if Pipkins is not healthy, I'm putting Salier at right tackle. If Pipkins is out, I'm taking my, uh, I'm taking Filer out, and I'm putting Salier in. You mean if Pipkins is healthy? If Pipkins is healthy, excuse me. If Pipkins is healthy, he's right tackle, and I'm putting Salier at left guard, yep. and I'm letting Filer know that his time is up. Thank you. I for agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. And if there is any question whatsoever about Pipkin's health and we're not, they're not sure if he can hold up that mm-hmm. I'm putting Sally at right tackle. Mm-hmm. All right. So send us your questions. We'll just start uh rapid fire questions here. Um, uh, do, do you think they would bench the filer in the first round of the playoffs? I don't think they would, but I, I would do it if I was head coach. I don't think they would. No, no. I think Sally would be a swing tackle. In, in there if, if I think Pipkins he'd just be or, a utility offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how they viewed him when they drafted him anyway. Yep. All right. Um so Jasir looked good today. Does he get some extended snaps here? Um I guess that depends on what happens with Callahan. Mm-hmm. I mean if Derwin and Callahan are both back, yeah. Then there's no room for Jasir to play. Right, but if Derwin is back and Callahan isn't back, then Jasir's playing in the slot, mm-hmm. which he looked very good at today. But yeah, Bryce Callahan's been worlds better. I mean, I, we've only seen one game from Jasir Taylor, so that's unfair. But Bryce Callahan, uh, arguably the best offseason addition for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, in terms of health and production. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys he's matched up with, yeah, yep. absolutely, he's been their their best and most consistent offseason addition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people were saying Khalil Mack, and I get the sack numbers are pretty, but just the way he's played all season long, he's been incredible. Um, let's see. Uh, um, sorry, let me get these uh, questions. Michael Davis. He was kind of the odd man out to start the season. Asante Samuel playing great. JC Jackson hurt, uh, should come back next season. Do the chargers need to re-sign Michael Davis? I say absolutely. Uh, they don't cause he's still under contract, but do they need to re-sign him after he's done? I think he's still got two years left on his deal. Doesn't he? Didn't he sign Does a four year deal? I got, uh, let me look at it, but he's under contract for at least one more year. Um, the reason people have been talking about playing without him is because the assumption was they were going to cut him because his contract gets really expensive. 
I think that I think the assumption was he was going to get cut whether they signed JC Jackson or not. Yeah, he's um, got one more year left. One year left. Okay. Well, um, I think I think it's worth discussing with the way he's playing, but I don't think there's any rush to re-sign Michael Davis right now. I think you can kind of play that year by year and see what happens. You can always re-sign him during the year next season if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> But he's under contract for next season, so you don't need to re-sign him in the offseason. You've got yeah. him under control. A restructure would probably be a good idea to save some money because they're going to have some cap problems next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he's 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 locked down for another year right now under his current contract. Mm-hmm. And you can't have too much cornerback depth ever. Um, but Jasir Taylor does make things a little bit more complicated. Uh, maybe even Dean Leonard, uh, it, depending on how they see him, they drafted him. But yeah, I mean, Michael Davis is still here. So um, cutting him, y- you only lose like a dead cap of like two million. I think it was. Yeah, two dead cap is two million. He's owed nine point four next year. So yeah, my guess is they'll probably restructure his contract, add a couple years to it, and spread out some of that nine million. Um, as a bonus over a couple of years. Yeah. That's my guess. Which they should. Yeah. He's, he played great today and he deserves it. And I know people are uh, hounding him because of him tripping in that touchdown, but he was great today. Chris Bernhardt, do you cut Keenan Allen this offseason? Please say no. <laughs> uh, so you don't want us to tell you the truth? Um, oh. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm worried about Keenan. I know he's been hurt all year and the hamstring hasn't been healthy. Um, but he's on the wrong side of 30. He looks really slow. He's not creating separation the way he has been in, in years past. And really it's not a this year thing. He, he was starting to struggle with separation and, and playing fast towards the end of last year. I mean, he was basically a ghost in the, in the Raider game for most of the Raider game at the end of the year last year. So um, I I'm worried about him. I think you either need to cut him or you need to find a creative way to restructure his contract to move some money around. Um, but he's making so much money and his production has dropped off so much that I, I don't know if it's possible because you'd probably piss him off, but you might need to think about cutting him and signing him to a, a different deal. Um, I just, I, you're, you're spending way too much money on a wide receiver room that is not offering you consistent production right now. And they need to add to that room. Uh, they've got all kinds of problems at wide receiver right now. And yeah. that, that contract is a problem. They would save $19 million from cutting Keenan Allen. And that's, that's money they're going to need. They certainly are. Cause there is a wizard at the helm for the chargers and they're going to need some money and they're going to need to put some pieces around them. Uh, excellent day today though. Uh, 12 catches, 92 yards really came up big a lot today. Um, Armand, what are the chances you give the chargers beating Tennessee next week, Tennessee on a real, uh, losing streak here, two or three straight. I, I really don't like that matchup with, no. with Henry. Nope. No, that this has always been a bad matchup whether um, they're losing if- or not. If that game plays out the way Chargers games typically play out, where the Chargers are struggling to score more than 20 points, um, and the the Texans or the Texans, the Titans are allowed to run the ball the way they want to, it's going to catch up to the Chargers. Uh, I I do not like that game at all. I, I think I probably picked them to to lose that game at the beginning of the season, and I haven't seen much that changes my mind. That's just a really bad matchup for this defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we both yeah. picked them to lose this game. At the beginning of the season. And I really don't think that Derwin coming back changes much with that matchup. I mean, Derwin's a fantastic player, but mm-hmm. they they struggle stopping the run with him on the field. So yep. I, I don't think that changes a whole lot. Yep. Tua had to pass a lot today, but when the Dolphins ran it, they they had success. Um, And yeah, so they've lost three straight, but... They're, com- they're coming in. They're losing three straight. They're going to be pretty pissed off, but I, I just... I, that's a terrible matchup with Derrick Henry. I, I don't I don't see them beating Tennessee next week. I would say if you made me guess, I would say they would lose that game. Is that game in Tennessee or is it in LA? Uh let me I'll not that it matters. Let me check. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. It 
Uh, it's in LA. Yeah, I, I just I, I I hate that matchup. I think it's a terrible matchup for the Chargers, and yeah. I don't see how the Chargers can game plan to stop that with the personnel they have. Eventually, it comes down to personnel. They were able to they were able to put together a really good game plan tonight and throw the the uh, throw the Dolphins off by doing things that they're not normally known for doing in their in their past defense. There's not much you can do to hide up the fact that you can't tackle in the running game. It's yeah. going to hurt you eventually. Oh, definitely. Um, they had a few a few good stops today. Their tackling was a little bit better, but man, there were a couple big runs. Um, did this win save Staley's head coaching career? We already talked about it. Uh, he is going to uh, most likely be here for 2023 unless they collapse here at the end of the year. Stebbins. Why do you think Sorrell gets away with a false start almost every snap? That dude jumps so fast. It doesn't help him, but he jumps out real fast. Uh, the only thing I could think of is either the officials are incompetent or they just feel really bad for him. That's that. It's the latter. Uh, okay. Um, it's al- it's almost becoming like that extra second that offenses get for the delay a game. Like they'll let you go down to zero and snap the ball without calling the penalty on you. That's what it's becoming like for Sorrell. It's like. We'll just give him that extra second because he's so bad and he's so overmatched that like we just feel bad for him. What do you think about Jasir Taylor as a dime linebacker? I don't think his body would hold up. He's kind of a skinny corner kid. Yeah. But, they don't play that much dime, do they? I think they're no. mostly a nickel. Mm-hmm. The, this yeah, is yeah. not a a dime heavy scheme like it has been in years past. They they're either in base or they're in nickel for the most part. So um I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap some of this up. Uh what do you think about Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator in 2023 from Nolan? Who looks new? What's up, Nolan? Thanks for joining us. Um I mean, Reich worked miracles with Carson Wentz, who mm-hmm. sucks. So imagine what he could do with with Herbert. That's the kind of thing that I could totally see the Chargers doing. Um, he has ties to the organization. Mm-hmm. He's coached here before. He's familiar with some of the, with some of the um, the offensive skill players. Yep. I'm sure he'd love to get his hands on Herbert. Um, it, it it's something that I could totally see them doing. The only thing that I think would hold them back is that because he has head coaching experience, it could be perceived as a threat to Staley and they may not want to go that route for that reason, but it makes a lot of sense on a lot of fronts and I'd be okay with it because I think, I think he'd probably do some really fun things with that offense and especially with Herbert. All right. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it make a ton of sense. There's a couple uh, ties the Chargers have to some guys that might uh, be Steichen being one of them. Who was the other one we mentioned? Um, there's one other in the Discord that I mentioned. Uh, I can't remember. Um, we've been ta- we talked about Joe Brady on the show last week. Yeah, um, but ties to the Chargers, man. Oh, ties to the Chargers. Um, I just had it. Uh. Well, guys have been throwing around Pep Hamilton's name quite a bit. Um, is that who you were thinking of? No, no. Anyway, go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I gotta search my brain for a second. So, uh, let me give you a question, and I'll, I'll figure this out. Um, let's see. Who would you start at free safety from Myvin? Who would you start at free safety next year if, since JC doesn't seem to be ready? Well, I mean. I'll, He's not ready right now, but a lot can happen in an offseason. So just because he's not ready now doesn't necessarily mean he won't be ready next offseason. They're going to start him at free safety because they spent a third-round pick on him, and I I have a really hard time seeing them bring bring Adderley back with the way he's played this year. So my guess is they're going to be eager to get his his playmaking abilities on the field and hope he gets some interceptions, and and he will be out there. Otherwise, you're probably looking at bringing somebody in from the outside on a very low-level deal and hoping he can fill in until JC is ready. But I don't think – if it's not Woods, then right now I would say the starting free safety next year is not on this roster at the moment. I agree with you. Yep, I don't think he is either. 
I think JT is going to get some competition this offseason, and I don't think it's going to be Nasir Adderley. Um, the guy I was thinking, so we met uh, Frank Reich, Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator. People mentioned Pep Hamilton. The other tie of the Chargers is Frank Smith that I was thinking of. The mm. uh, offensive line coach last year, run game coordinator. Has some but he's, the isn't he the offensive coordinator with the Dolphins right now? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't see how that would make sense because they could just say no because it's a lateral move. Yeah, possible, but a guy who's uh, whether he, I don't know if he's got a job next year or not, but just a guy who's uh, looks who could be on the market. They've talked about him maybe being a head coaching candidate next year too. So we'll see. But just a guy who's got some ties. Um, all right, I think. Um, uh, what is this, Omar? Interesting fact this season: Staley has lost to coaches with Super Bowl experience. Really. So any guy with I mean, Super Bowl he, experience, he's, he's lost, lost to guys him. with guys. He's lost to guys without Super Bowl experience too. So. <laughs> 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 <He's> <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> but I mean, there is a thing there. I mean, last year he, you know, he's he's lost to Belichick. He's lost to John um, Jim Harbaugh. Um, he's lost to uh, there are a couple other guys too. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. There were other guys there. When he matches up with experienced head coaches, he tends to struggle. Yeah. Super Bowl experience or not. Um, those guys have, t- have typically put him. Peterson, Reed. In a blender. Justin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do our the very last thing. Everybody asked it, but things are a little bit different now. Quick season record prediction. And if they sneak into the playoffs, we've got, uh, let's see, four games left for the Chargers. Uh, they are currently seven and six. They are the seventh seed right now, as of today. They play the Titans at home, win or loss? Loss. Okay, loss, same two, seven and seven. Rams? Don't or, sorry, Colts, Colts, sorry, Colts, 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 Colts. They play in Indianapolis on Monday night. I think they beat the Colts. Yep, same here. So now they're eight and seven. Uh, Rams, I think they win that game. I think they'll beat the Rams. Yep. And then Broncos in in Denver. I've got a win. I've got them 10 and 7. What about you? I think they lose that game. Oh, a 9 and 6 team. A 9 and 6 team does not make the playoffs. That would be 9 and 8. Or 9 and 9 and 8. 17 games. Yep. 9 and 8. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) You're going the wrong way. This late. This late. (laughs) So, So you have them not making the playoffs. I have them not making the playoffs. I think they are fully capable of beating the Broncos. The Broncos always give them fits. I freaking hate that defense for what it does to Herbert. Uh, going up to, to Denver, something about that place seems to have bad juju for the Chargers. I It just feels like that Raider game last year, having to win on the road against a division rival that you've already played and beat once. I something about that game just gives me the willies. I, I just don't like it. So I, I have I a feeling you. they lose that game. I just, I don't, I, this feels like the game today. I just don't know how Russell Wilson is going to move the ball. And by the way, Russell Wilson got knocked out today. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be playing next week. Uh, it looked ugly. He looked out for a good minute, but um, so Russell Wilson might not even be there that game and they're already out of the playoffs. So, they might shut him down. Who knows? It might be ripping. Could be. Really Hopefully. Ripping. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say ten and seven. I say they win that game, regardless. So I've got them making the playoffs. Ten and seven, I think they make the playoffs. I, I just don't see the Jets going anywhere. They I mean they could theoretically still get in at nine and eight. They um, could, I, sure. I, I think the Jets are probably right for a collapse and I don't think New England is that good. So mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. entirely possible they could they could hang on to that that seven seed uh even if they finish nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I think cool. The, the tough Sorry. part is gonna be their conference record. Um if they wind up losing to the Titans and they wind up losing to the Broncos, to the Broncos down the stretch, yep. that could make mm-hmm. it tough. Sure will. All right, cool. Well, we're good here. Chargers win, currently number seven seed. Uh we appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure to follow us. There's a link in there for the discord for those asking uh, and the Patreon. So thanks for joining and everybody. We had a, a big 
surge this week. So appreciate everybody that came out and joined us, all the new Discord members, all the Patreon members. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we really do. I hope everybody has a good holiday. Uh, we'll talk to you before then, but thanks everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time. Before we go real quick, just oh, wanted to ahead. add, we, we haven't come up, we haven't figured out how we're going to do it yet, but I think we're going to be giving away some lightning round swag for the holidays and yes. probably also a couple of links for the discord. So we'll figure that out and announce it on Twitter. So keep an eye out for guys who wanted for anybody who might be interested in a t-shirt mm -hmm. or some stickers or perhaps um, a link for the discord. Uh, we'll figure that out and we'll, we'll get that out on Twitter. Yep. Yeah. So check out, uh, it'll be at lightning underscore round on Twitter. Check that out. Um, we'll probably announce it here too. Um, so it's not just for discord people. It's for everybody. So whether you're watching this and you're part of discord and Patreon or not, we're just feeling in the giving mood this season and we'll uh, give some people some shirts, which I hopefully make them happy and not sad. So <laughs> appreciate you guys. And we will see you next time. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody.